Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, We are going to be talking all about how to raise intentionally kind kids, which I love this topic because even if you have a kind child, how do they navigate in a world that's not kind? How do we get our other kids to be kind to our sensitive, anxious child? Or how do we get our anxious child to be kind in those moments where they are not feeling kind because they're so overwhelmed? Those are all good questions, right? But before we get into it and before I introduce my guest, just a little update on what's going on over here. Uh, My three-part video series on self-care for parents raising kids with anxiety or OCD is happening February 4th. It is back by popular demand. So if you did not see it last time, if you want to participate again, or you're like, what is this? I don't even know. Definitely join. It is really not about the self-care that you think about. It is more about really tweaking your mindset because how we think and how we approach our kids' anxiety and OCD makes a huge, huge difference in whether kids succeed or struggle um, and how long that struggle goes on for. And I talk about even our physical triggers that happen to us in our body and our own stuff and how that plays into our child's well-being. And then I talk about connection. So I break it into three different parts. And if you are on my wait list, you will get links to each video in the series every single day and be part of kind of the fun that's happening over there because we will be doing, I'm going to be doing some raffles and some prizes as well during the three-part video series. So get on the wait list. You can text AT self care. That's AT self care to four, four, two, 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 just to make life easy. And I will put you on the list. So I hope to see you there. Okay. So I want to introduce Nicole black. She is from coffee and carpool.com and she, her whole mission really is to share best parenting tips and tricks for intentionally raising kind kids. I love that. I love that theme. And I love that she has like all of her work just centers around that. She is a recovering elementary school teacher, and she is also a mom to three kids. So um, I get her pain and she survives on coffee. I wish I did, but I cut out coffee in my diet like six months ago. And I've actually been feeling a lot better since then. So I'm not going to complain, but I, I do like, I like the concept of coffee and I'm missing it, but that has nothing to do with coffee and carpool. (laughs) It's just her name reminds me of what I'm missing, but tea, green tea is good too. So I had a great conversation with her. I really liked her. I liked her approach and her optimism, but I also liked that she didn't just throw out platitudes and like very contrived ideas on how to raise kind kids. In fact, she addresses that in this episode. She talks about five, five of the worst things. I don't, I don't want to use the worst, but five misnomers that we think help grow kind kids, but really don't. And so I like that. Um, she kind of goes through and breaks down the things that we're doing that we kind of think, okay, I got kindness covered, check that box off. And how do we dive deeper? How do we develop it in an authentic, real sort of way? And she covers all that. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy her conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, here is Nicole. Well, I want to welcome Nicole to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, it is my pleasure to be here. I'm excited. 
this is a cool topic because I have not dived deep into kindness and how do we foster that in our kids. And especially I think in this day and age where we really want to raise really kind human beings, the question always comes up of like, how do I do that? Or am I doing that correctly? Mm -hmm. So you have been gracious enough to come on and share your wisdom on how we do that as parents. So we're going to go into the five uh, top things that maybe we're doing wrong about kindness that we think may be right. Right. Yeah. I'm happy to share that with you. So yeah, kindness is the new hot buzzword. People are talking about it. My kids school kindness is the big theme, but they just say, be kind. And we say, be kinder, or you're being mean. I was talking to a gal on a plane ride and she's like, I just don't want my kid to be a jerk. I'm like, yes, these are important things, but we don't know the how. There's no manual on this. We, we just hope that it works out and that's not always going to work. And so there are some strategies and tips and tools I teach that can help you intentionally know that you are doing everything in your power to raise kind kids. Now, this comes with a little bit of a caveat because, um, you know, are, am I raising perfect kids? I am not. This is not always going to be sunshines and rainbows. It's not perfect over here. But with these strategies that we use day in and day out, they're kinder more often. And they're kinder without needing as many prompts. And that is amazing. So I wanted to share with your audience some of the, um, the obstacles that I think a lot of parents face because there's so many things that we have to do, right? We're dealing with school and homework and laundry. Can we really add one more thing for, like, to work on kindness? And I think we can because we can weave it in. So we were talking about the five kind of hiccups that a lot of parents face when they're raising kind kids. So um, I would love to share them with you guys okay. and then really how to avoid them because that's, I mean, I can tell you all the problems and what is that going to do for you? Yeah. So the first one is um, forcing kindness, forcing our kids to be kind. It's just like anything. We can't force our kids to go to the bathroom, right? We can't force them to eat. We can't force them to fall asleep. So forcing our kids to be kind, it's just... <laughs> it's not going to work. It just doesn't work. Um, they'll dig their heels. In. And I was hearing you on your, one of your podcasts about siblings, like forcing them to share or forcing them to play with each other. It's going to backfire on you. Yeah. Get the opposite result. So we can't force them to be kind. They're not going to want to be kind though, unless they, it comes from them. So how do we then get them to want to be kind? So a couple things. One, they are not going to want to be kind if their basic needs are not being met. So if they're having a, um, a meltdown of any sort, they're hungry, they're tired, they're anxious, they're worried about something, all bets are off. The fight or flight response is going to kick in. Yeah. They're, they're not going to be able to take care of other people because they need to take care of themselves. So we need to make sure their basic needs are being met. And that goes for toddlers to teenagers. Like if mm -hmm. my teenager is hungry, she is cranky. She yep. stayed up too late last night. She was cranky this morning. She's not going to be kind to her siblings. So basic needs being met. But the other big one, and I know you talked about this in your sibling podcast, was about connecting with them, pulling them and going and doing something that's special just for that kid. When our children feel loved, like truly, like we can say, we all love our kids and we can, we say that we love them, but when they feel it to their core and they know that they are loved and special and you just want to be with them, they then feel super generous to give it away. Yeah. So when they feel secure in their relationship with you and your rela their relationship with your spouse or your ex-spouse, whomever, but they feel secure 
and they feel good about being in your home and they don't have to vie for your attention or vie for your love, they then can give it away freely. So connecting with kids, like um, we talked about proof of love activities and love languages. I don't know if you've ever looked at love languages. I think it's fascinating. No, it is. What's proof of love? So going with the love languages, we do something called proofing, proof of love. So proving our love to our kids. So um, especially on harder days, especially when they're struggling with something else, showing them. And it comes with the tied in with the love languages. So for instance, my youngest daughter, hers is touch. She loves to be touched. And she was laying on the couch and she was just having a crummy, crummy day. And I knew it. And I gave her a little bit of space. And then I just went over and I laid on top of her. <laughs> I just put my whole body on top of her. And I didn't say anything. And she just looked at me and she said, I love you too, mama. Aw. But I didn't say I love you. She yeah. felt it. If I had done that though to my older daughter, she'd be like, no, you're heavy. <laughs> she craves the quality time. So if I say to her, hey, let's go out, just you and me, let's go grab a Starbucks together. Let's go sit. We just sat across from each other and read our books. It's like that was her proof of love. She yeah. walked away like lighter than air. So connecting with them in ways that are important to them. And then they can give it away freely to their siblings, to the stranger on the street, to their classmates, back to us. Yeah, that's such a good point. I love that because it's not, it's not about what we're saying to them. It's what we're showing them yes. and we're like modeling for them, you know, filling them up so that they can, they can then spread it to other people. Yes, absolutely. And if you're not sure how your kid wants to be proven, like how they want to be loved, watch how they like give you love. That's usually how people want it. So if your kid is constantly touching you, constantly kind of put that it's touch. If they're like bringing you little love notes or drawing you little things or bringing you a rock from the garden, it might be gift giving. If it's maybe they're like constantly asking you, can we just go, can we just sit here quietly, you and me? They want the, they want the quality time. So taking a cue from them and giving them what they need, it's, it's so powerful. It's for so many reasons, but definitely because then they can give the love to other people. Yeah. And a lot of us, I think, don't think about that. Like as far as how do our kids want love mm -hmm. and, and how you can have four kids and they can all want love in a different way. And you can have, you know, a child that looks really oppositional and prickly, but they just don't want your hugs, mm -hmm. but maybe they want you to sit there quietly and do an activity with them. Right. Yeah. Right. And we tend to give that. love the way we want it. So I right. am not, I am not a touch person. And so my I don't tend to give lots and lots of hugs. I'm like kind of forcing myself to give more hugs to the people in my family who love it, my husband and my youngest daughter. So I just, I hold on longer than feels natural because that feels natural to them. So yeah. giving what they need. It's, it, once you start to look at it and you can shift it a little bit, it's really powerful. It is. Yeah, that's helpful. Okay, so that's one. So not ex forcing them to be kind, but then also expecting it. Kindness is, we have two family rules, and that's one of them. So first time listening takes care of most of the safety things. Um, and then be kind. Speak with kindness. Act with kindness. Um, respond with kindness. So expecting the kindness, expecting, this is standard, but not forcing them, to ex like forcing them to be kind. So setting them up for success. Okay, so number two is then assuming that they know how to be kind. So we can say, be kind. But if you ask a child, what does kindness mean? They can't really tell you. They can maybe tell you what it like sounds like. Well, it means like when I say please 
or they maybe say, well, it's when my friend gives me a toy or when my sister shares with me. So they can give examples, but they don't really know what kindness is. But we just say as adults, well, just be kind. Just be kinder to them. You should be kinder. But we're not giving them the strategies they need and the tools of like, it, you know, how to do this. So when we see kindness, we can label it. Oh my gosh, look, she held the door open for him. That was a really kind thing to do. Or you brought your sister a cup of juice. That was a really kind thing to do. Like you stopped and you're like, hmm, I'm getting myself juice. I'm going to get her juice. That's a really kind thing. So labeling it, calling it out. Or even when you see unkindness, TV shows, oh my goodness, we're into the, the tweeny bop, even the Disney stuff. They're just nasty and snarky. Yeah. So we talk through it. Like, is that a kind thing? No, it's not. How do we talk in our family? How do we walk through this? So walking them through what is kind, what is not kind. And we give them ideas like we have the kindness elves there. I have these little guys right up here. They're, um, they give little suggestions of how to be kind. They leave little notes like, hey, why don't you try this? Um, or we do simple, normal, everyday acts of kindness like holding the door for someone uh, behind us before you know letting go or letting your sister get in the car first. So showing them what kindness looks like and sounds like and then showing them what it doesn't look like and sound like. So when you see unkindness, oh man, like, you know, that that kid fell down and then the other kids were laughing. Is that kind or is that unkind? So walking them through what kindness really, what it really is. Yeah. And I like pointing it out, you know, because kids really learn by, by visuals. So they yes. learn by experiences. So yes. instead of over processing the words, I think just showing it, the more kids you have, the easier it is. Cause you're like, look, that was, that wasn't very kind. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Variable there. That wasn't very exactly. kind to me. <laughs> yeah. And we use um, something called the think method a lot in our house because it helps them then start to discern. Our kids are egocentric. It's not their fault. It's how their brains are working, right? And especially if their needs aren't met, they're, they're even more going to be egocentric because they're just worried about their own needs. Yeah. So then putting themselves so they have to then evaluate almost what they're saying. So deciding if something is kind or not kind can be tricky. So I walk them through this think method. So, um, you know, if my daughter says something unkind, that's just kind of snarky and nasty. We go through it. Well, T, think, T, is it true? She's like, yeah, it was true. And I'm like, okay, maybe it was true. Maybe her singing is awful. Maybe it's true. But H, is it helpful? Is it helpful to say that her singing is not great? No, it's not helpful. Is it inspiring? Are you lifting her up? No, you are not. Is it necessary to say that somebody's singing is bad? No. And then the last one, K, is it kind? No, that wasn't kind to give negative feedback when you don't need to. So walking them through those so that they can start to figure out what is kind, what is not kind. And when they're young and they're just starting out, we have to walk them through these things after they say them. And then before, especially if I can see the wheels turning, you can like see when the comeback's going to come. You say, oh, wait, wait, pause. Think about what you're going to say and go through the think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Because like it can that. help them gauge what, what should come out of their mouths. <laughs> yeah. And it's concrete, you know, yeah. so especially for those concrete thinkers out there, like yeah. this is very concrete yes. to, to be able to filter it through this think mm -hmm. and then to say, Oh, I guess it wasn't kind. Yes. Yeah. We have these, this hanging on our refrigerator and up in the hallway between the kids' bedrooms where most <laughs> of the small tend to happen. It's like, Oh, we got to press pause. Like, here we go. Let's walk through this. So it gives yeah. them more of a, just a chance to kind of self-evaluate and figure out what does kindness really sound like? What does it look like? It's not always, we talk about these random acts of kindness and those are great and they're fabulous. And the big ones, we're having a, we're doing a huge volunteer, a family volunteer challenge for 2020 where each month we do a big 
volunteer activity for all the just families to do together. That is great. And that's kindness, but it, it can just be those simple, like, Hey, how was your day to your sibling when they're coming in or as they're leaving, good luck on your test. Like those are so much more powerful in our family than these big, loud, random acts of kindness, which are great and they're fun, but it's those simple, normal, just everyday, you know, yeah. What show do you want to watch? You get to choose the show, like letting just those interactions to make it more of a peaceful, happier home. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely in the small things, you know, because I think you can do acts of kindness, but then, you know, you're not nice to anyone, you know, and and it's not even just kids. It's adults too. You know, we model it. I see a lot of um, adult, adult behavior. That's, that's really not modeling kindness at all. And so it's, how do we represent ourselves on a daily basis? Like where's our integrity at? Yes. And that's actually one of them. (laughs) One of the obstacles that a lot of parents forget is forgetting to walk the walk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we say be kind and then we get mad when somebody cuts us off on the freeway or um, we don't hold the door for the people behind us or we leave our trash in the movie theater and the restaurant. So walking the walk, modeling this behavior, it's monkey see monkey do, right? So we think our kids aren't listening to us because we say things over and over again. Oh, they're listening. They're absorbing all of it. It's, it may, it's not going to take one time, but they're absorbing it and they're watching our overall interactions with the world around them. So remembering, even when you, you can, and we walk our kids through this, you can be mad without being mean. Yeah. So I was rear-ended actually the other day and I was really mad because like I had clearly had stopped and there was plenty of room and he wasn't paying attention. I was mad. But I took a deep breath and I, I, you know, okay, my kids weren't with me, thank goodness. But mm-hmm. so I'm not modeling for anyone, but this is just how I've decided to live my life is through a lens of kindness. Yeah. And so I asked him, I got out of the car. He never got out of his car, but I asked him, are you okay? That was the first thing out of my mouth. He hit yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's how we're interacting with other people. And I continue to be mad because he never asked me how I was and he never apologized. So I was still mad, but I wasn't mean back. So yeah. it's how we interact with people. And I don't have to let everybody cut in front of me when we're leaving a parking lot. I don't have to be walked all over, but I can, I can act with kindness. And this also goes with how we treat our kids. Yeah. So, you know, as parents, you know, we can t- very easily fit into this authoritative, you're going to do it because I said so kind of role. And there's nobody looking over our shoulder, usually telling us that we have to be kind to our kids we have to be kind to our kids if we want them to be kind to everyone else. So that doesn't mean we're getting pushed over and walked on. Right. But we can say, you know what, you may not speak to me that way. You don't get to talk to me that way, but I don't have to yell back. Yeah. And I read this great thing that was so, it's so impactful to me to help me remember. It's like, we can't expect our kids to have this great day. If the last thing we're doing is yelling at them in the morning on their way out the door, or we can't expect them to have a great night's sleep. If the last thing we're doing is yelling and getting mad at them for not being in bed sooner. Yeah. Setting the tone is, is huge. So you don't get to speak to me that way or try again is a magic phrase we use in our house when my Mm -hmm. tween is a little snarky. Try again. Try again. And we keep going until she gets there. But (laughs) speaking to, it takes sometimes about seven or eight times. And then she starts laughing because she's like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, yes, it is. (laughs) You can't talk to me this way. Um, so walking them through kindness by being kind ourselves to our children because we can be kind to them. Yeah. And we can totally discipline or redirect or help them without, without screaming and, yes. and modeling really nasty behavior that we're not okay with them doing. Yes. 
Agreed. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not, I don't get walked on. I don't get pushed around by my kids. They're not in charge, but at the same time, they're also not scared of me. Yeah. So it's, it's more of a relationship that I really want to have with them. And I want them to be able to say, you know, they can talk to me and I am not a perfect parent. I yell, I cannot lie. I yell. Um, and the other day I did it as my daughter was leaving school. Cause it was, it was a bad, it was just a tricky moment. I, she is um, older and walks home sometimes. So she has a cell phone and I called her right after I dropped her off and I just apologized to her. I'm really sorry that I yelled. Shouldn't have yelled. I should have talked to you through it. I was very frustrated and we walked through it and she had a much better day as did I, because we didn't leave it on this crummy yelling note. So if we do forget, we can apologize. It's okay to apologize to our kids. We can say, Hey, listen, adults screw up too. I should not have yelled. And I didn't, I don't like to yell. It doesn't feel good to yell. So showing them, modeling for them that kindness. Yes. Yeah, because we're all human and no one's perfect. So you're also modeling like that we're all human and that awesome. no one's perfect awesome. and that this is what it looks like when yes. we correct our behavior or when we come back and have some empathy afterwards, which yes. is beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm trying to use more strategies to like calm down before I react and they're seeing me do that. So yeah. I just close my eyes and I count to 10 and I just breathe and they're like, oh God. But then I can, <laughs> but then I can. They're like, oh, she's going to explode. No, because now I'm calm. I'm like, you know what? That was an unkind choice. And that's not how we act in our family. And then we can walk through (laughs) it. So staying calm myself and not reacting to their their behavior. Um, So that is definitely an obstacle that I think a lot of parents kind of encounter when they're trying to raise kind kids. Um, The other one is, and we briefly talked about it, the whole monkey see, monkey do. We cannot talk to our kids about kindness one time and expect it to sink in. So just like we can't say one time, you know, clothes are not optional in public. And one time we, you know, we eat with a fork and a spoon at the dinner. Like we have to constantly on like broken record status, repeat these messages to them that these are important to us for a couple of reasons. One, then it'll sink in. It'll become their habit. It'll eventually become their knee jerk, their knee jerk reaction. But two, the more we talk about something, the more they're seeing that this is something that we value as a family. So we have a big sign that says choose kindness in our house when they're going off to school or when they're going on a play date, we talk about our two rules. First time listening, be kind, be an includer, invite people in, be that welcoming committee. We walk, we talk about it. Who are you going to invite to play with you at recess today? We're constantly talking about it. When we, um, we were reading a book and they, this kid says something super snarky. Was that kind? Is that how we talk in our family? So walking them through it, just having just simple normal conversations or when somebody's and this is one of the harder parts of raising a kind kid is when other kids aren't kind to them yeah just don't understand it um you know why is he so mean to me I'm so kind to him and sometimes you just have to say I'm really sorry that they were unkind to you and then talk them through that some people are unkind and that doesn't change who we are we've decided to be kind people so let's keep going on that path let's keep talking let's keep being kind even when people are unkind to us and then giving them strategies to walk away yeah and that's that's such a good one for this audience because most of our kids who are anxious are incredibly empathetic kind people so a lot of times we don't have a hard time getting them to be kind um, unless they're like you said their basic needs aren't met they're feeling very anxious and they're very nasty to their siblings yes talk about that but um there's this whole misunderstanding of like i don't get it like i'm so kind why was he so i know my kids are like that yep mine are too 
And, and, and then they, sometimes my son, especially my Mr. 10, he can get very vindictive. So you didn't do something nice to me. And so I need you to feel what that felt like. And so he can get kind of nasty. Yeah. And I talk about a boomerang in my house, you know, that what we throw out there, it comes back to us. And so even if someone's being mean to us, do we want to throw that boomerang out there that's going to swing back to us and it's going to be um, that negative energy and that unkindness back to us. We don't want that. Right. And, you know, like you said, you have to say it ad nauseum. I mean, I say this all the time. And finally, like yesterday, I think my son's love language is doing crafts and stuff. Mm-hmm. He wants to arm knit. And if I touch him or hug him, like you could just feel him tense up. <laughs> yeah. so I'm kind of like, I don't know how to like love on you because it feels really awkward. And now I make fun of it. I'm like, we're having an awkward moment, aren't we? And he's like, yeah, we are. <laughs> so we were arm knitting yesterday because I promised him for like last month, we're going to do this. And that must've been his love language because he was very filled up and he was excited about it. And then his 16 year old sister was like running late and had to go to work. And she's like, Hey, can you come and clean my kitty litter for me? Which was totally not okay. <laughs> and he's like, sure, absolutely. I'm, I'm here to give back, <laughs> which so never would happen. Yeah. Except that we talk about the boomerang all the time. And yeah. then he was teaching his eight-year-old. He was saying, cause she was being nasty. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, when you're nice to people, you know, it feels good. Yeah. And so I think it's just constantly constant talking about it. Yeah. 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 And it's hard for kids because I'll be kind when he's kind or I'll, I'll be nicer when she's nicer. And it's so hard to be mad and not be mean back and not give them a little taste of their own medicine. So walk, I have a bunch of strategies that you can walk them through that and how to deal with unkind kids and when to know when to walk away, when to get help. I know you were talking in your sibling podcast about the difference between tattling and telling it is crucial for so many things, but especially for this, like know when to get help and know when to walk away, know when to, you know, these, you know, you don't have to be friends with everyone. I know a lot of preschool teachers like cringe when I say that, but they don't, they have to be friendly to everyone and kind to everyone, but not all kids are going to mesh. And when kids are unkind to you over and over and over again, you do not need to put yourself in an unsafe, mentally unsafe situation when you're around kids who are constantly unkind to you. Now with siblings, you're, you're going to stay with them, Mike. So it's walking them through how to stay kind, even when maybe your sibling's not being kind to you. And that's, that's tricky and it takes time, but it is doable. And that boomerang is a great analogy. So it's karma. You can call it golden rule karma. It's what goes around, comes around, but it's, it's all the same thing. It's, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We always say you give to give, you don't give to get. So um, that's kind of like our family slogan because if you give to get, you're just going to be disappointed because, you know, half the world's not going to appreciate that. And so you're going to have 50% appreciation. So that's going to be very frustrating. So yeah. you just give to give, you don't give to get. And I love that. I love that. And that leads into the last one. So it's the, the nice versus kind. So a lot of, we use the words interchangeably in our society. We say we want our kids to be nice. We don't want our kids to be nice. We want our kids to be kind. And it comes down to that little, we give to give, we don't give to get. So knowing the difference between the two words, and again, this is semantics, but coming, understanding it a little bit more then helps us then guide our kids. So kids who are nice tend to come across as almost a little fake, little like Eddie Haskell from Leave it to Beaver, when they're so nice to the adults, but then they're not nice to like, you know, the people, the, the, the adults who are kind to the CEO, they're nice to the CEO, but they're not nice to the janitor. That's not what we're going for. They're trying to get something in return. They're trying to get more clout or favorability or the, 
you know, the raise or they're trying to get the extra cookie from grandma when they're being super nice to her. But then they're, you know, when everybody else is gone, then not so nice. So we want our kids to be kind. And that comes down to not expecting anything in return. So with our young kids, when we're teaching them how to be kind, we have to lavish them with the praise so that they continue the positive reinforcement. Oh my, especially kids who are really struggling. Oh my gosh, that was the, so kind. You are a kind kid. So labeling them, mm-hmm. you are a kind kid. And then label, labeling the behavior. You know what? Holding the door open for me, that was a really kind thing you did. Thank you so much. That makes my heart happy. How does it make you feel? So walking them through that and like dumping the praise on them. Yeah. So you can, if kids are more, um, t- they need something tangible. We have like a hole punch every time they're kind. Um, they get um, whole, I have a, ice, a sibling ice cream challenge. It really helped my oldest. So she had to be extra kind to her siblings and then she got to buy them ice cream and they did like an ice cream, a sibling date. That's cute. So you to praise and to kind of push the positive and then we wean them back from that. So mm-hmm. they don't need, so now with my kids, like I just wink at them whenever I see, I'm like, I saw that. That was awesome. That was mm-hmm. kind. I see you. You're a kind kid. Um, so, but not needing it when all the time. So then being able to walk them back from it. So kind people are kind because it feels good to be kind because it, it truly makes us happier. It makes the world a better place. There's so many reasons to be kind, but being nice is about getting something in return. And so that's not really what we're going for because we yeah. don't need something in return. Well, and kindness is action, you know? Yes. And so nice is just, it's just a platitude, but, but mm-hmm. kindness is what did you do? Mm-hmm. So I like, yeah. I like the differentiation. Yeah. And it's, it can be small things saying hi to someone saying hi to someone. It was, I was at a Starbucks yesterday and there was a gentleman who, um, was, um, transient. He did, he was not well-dressed. He was not well showered and he was waiting for water and I was waiting for my drink and the guy was ignoring both of us. So it was about not stepping over him. And I looked at him and I said, hi, have you been helped yet? And he said, no, I haven't. And so I said, excuse me, we both would like some help. Um, he was first. So not stepping, it can be something so yeah. simple, just not stepping over someone. It's a high, it's holding the door for someone who's, yeah. you know, maybe 10 feet away. It doesn't have to be these big, kind, like these big, you know, huge, volunteering, amazing, tiny, little. Right. How was your day? I love your shirt. That's a really cute, that's a really cute shirt. Like just yeah. little tiny things. And it can just overall change the the environment of your home to make it a calmer, more peaceful, just happier place to be where everybody wants to be. And yeah. that's, that's a powerful thing. I love that. Yeah, and I, and I, I do feel like a lot of times we don't pause to, to praise or highlight those little gestures mm-hmm. because we may note them in our head, like, Oh, that was really nice. You know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know if we label it as kind, you know, like mm-hmm. when my kids say, how was your day, mom? Because I've kind of trained them to do that, you know? Amazing. So it, it's kind of feels a little rote, but then, you know, I don't go back and I say, that was really kind. I don't use the word kind. Like that was really kind of you to ask. I'll say, well, thank you for asking. I asking. That. But I like the, maybe the extra labeling it as that was a kind thing to do, you know, so mm-hmm. that you can understand and start to categorize um, and label themselves as kind right. people. I yes. love that. I, I'm not a big fan of labeling kids in general, but this one I, I, I dump on quickly. Like you are a kind kid. Yeah. You know, and then when they're not being kind, I even tell them that they're a kind kid. I say, you're a kind kid. You forgot. 
let me help you with this. So when they're being nasty to each other, you know, we're, we're kind people. Like you're forgetting right now how to talk and speak with kindness. We need to, we need to back up a little bit because this is not how we talk in our family. So even when my daughter is mean and just going for, she's just going for it. She's pushing all the buttons. And I'm like, you're a really kind kid. You're forgetting. So keeping, just keep, it's almost a little bit of, you know, positive brainwashing, but keeping with a positive reinforcement because whatever we focus on, that's what's going to repeat. That's the behavior that's going to repeat. So yeah. if we want this in our lives, in our homes, we have to keep talking about it and praising it and modeling it and talking about it. And it's just, it's a constant thing that we do. Yeah. And I, and I think for those that are listening that have anxious kids, you can even tweak that and say like when your anxious child or your child with OCD is not themselves because they're overloaded. Mm-hmm. I like using that maybe like, you know, you're a kind kid and I know that you're not okay right now because you're not talking in a kind way. So what can I do to help you? So kind yes. of helping differentiate and split out the nasty behavior that's going on yeah. and, and who they are to the core, because then there's a lot of self-hate and a lot of beating themselves up afterwards because it's yeah. not who they were. And so right. it's, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I talked to you that way or Absolutely. Yeah. And then when they're not being kind, that's when you focus on labeling the behavior. See, that was an unkind thing to say. That was an unkind thing to do. Not you're mean. Yeah. That was, you're mean. You're a mean kid. Like labeling the behavior. So, you know, that was an unkind thing. We need to change that. How can I help you change that? And then kids who are struggling with something, anxiety, OCD, anything else, focusing on the behavior and say, but I know you're kind in your heart. You are a kind person. So let's get back to that. Cause that's who you, that's who you really, really are. Let's get back to that. Yeah. I love it. I love the reframe. Good. Well, this Good. was I helpful. think it's just, it's all perspective, right? It <laughs> is. Yeah. And a lot of it's just a reminder and like in language and how to, to bring this to the forefront in your house, which is so important because when, when kids feel loved and supported and they feel like kindness is spreading in their house mm-hmm. and they do better, they just do yes. better. And their emotional health is better too, because yes. there's just more love in the air. <laughs> and the, the big secret is that when kids are doing better, mamas do better. Like when our kids are kind to each other, like we we're floating on air, like our lives are easier. It is. Everything seems easier. The laundry doesn't seem as high and the dishes aren't there. It's just not a big deal because okay. there's calmness in our home and it's, it takes time. It takes work. It's not like a quick fix, but it's doable. And it's so much more enjoyable. This little roller coaster of parenthood, so much more enjoyable when our kids like each other and want to be in our homes. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a good <laughs> thing to focus on. Yes. So this has been helpful. Where can people find you and more of your work? Yes. Well, I, uh, my website is um, coffeeandcarpool.com. I am on Facebook. Um, it's coffee and carpool, um, intentionally raising kind kids. We have a f- uh, private Facebook group. Anybody's welcome to join. In fact, in there we've got, um, it's called the raising kind kids movement. And one of the freebies that you can only get inside this group is, um, different role-playing ideas for siblings. So tricky situations, they want to be alone or they don't want to share a toy or it's the last cupcake or the last cookie, different th- strategies we can give them. So if they kind of lash out and they're nasty about it, try this next time, try saying, Hey, can we change the channel? Or, Hey, this is the last cookie. Would anybody like one? Or does anybody want to split this with me? So giving them concrete, different like words to say during these tricky situations so that, um, yeah, they you just have some tools in your tool belt. So it's when they're, when they're forgetting to think, when they're forgetting to walk through with kindness, getting them back on track. So it's all there and I, you know, everybody's welcome to it. That is awesome. I'll leave links below as well in the show notes. People can know where to find you. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 
Well, I hope that you found some good takeaways from our conversation. I know that I did. And if you are in the AT parenting community, she has offered me quite a few really cool handouts that you will be getting. And so um, she has 60 kindness discussion starters. So if you don't know where to start with your child, she has that. And she also gave me um, the sibling ice cream challenge handout that uh, you can do with your kids. And then she also gave me five most common mistakes parents make when raising kind kids. She has a handout for that. So all three of those things will be up in the AT parenting community. If you are not a member of the AT parenting community, you should join us. Um, the doors are closed right now, but they will open during the self-care series. So they're going to open on February 4th and we hope to see you over there. You can get on the wait list for that and join us at the AT parenting community or just learn more about it. What is she talking about? What's the AT parenting community? I thought this was the community. It's not. I mean, this is a nice community, but I have a private one and you can learn more about that at atparentingcommunity.com. So if you want to learn more about Nicole Black, please follow her at coffeeandcarpool.com. You can check her out at Facebook with the same name at facebook.com, Coffee and Carpool. She also has a private Facebook group, which is pretty cool, a movement to connect with other like-minded parents and educators. And you can go to her, oops, all my books are falling as I'm trying to record this. You gotta love that. Uh, You can go to her private group at facebook.com slash groups slash Raising Kind Kids Movement. Love it. So if you're enjoying my show, If you can hit a star on iTunes, oh, we're speaking of kindness. This would be a kind thing to do, to give back, right? I was talking about giving to give, not give to get, but you're getting, so why not give, right? Hit a star on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you consume this podcast. That does actually really give back to the show. I know a lot of people don't think that it makes much of a difference, but it does. It helps get the visibility out there so that people who need this podcast can find it. If you have a few extra seconds and you can leave a review, that is greatly appreciated. Those kind words aren't just from my heart, although they do help, but they really help solidify that there's value in the show to other people who are trying to check it out. So I appreciate that in advance, and I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do, and I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit AnxiousToddlers.com.